Hello and welcome to For Your Reconsideration, the film podcast that goes magnet fishing in the forgotten murky backwaters of cinema. Will we haul up a lost safe packed with a forgotten bounty or just pull up an old trolley full of Boris Johnson's lies and excuses? <laughs> Joining me today is James. Topical <laughs> you James. stuff. I it? know, I know. I think that would be a heavy trolley. <laughs> oh God, it'd be more than a trolley, it'd be skip. <laughs> we found a transit van full of <laughs> Boris Johnson's excuses. That's all our Tory listeners go. Well, <laughs> well I, I think even they're running out of excuses. Anyway, anyway, so sorry about that, everyone. Uh, James, great to see you, man. Are you okay? Yes, I'm well, thank you, Robert. Yourself? Extremely well, thank you. And we are joined tonight by, well, f- firstly, I'd just like to say, Simon um, is he is devastated not to be here for this sort of like we've squeezed in a little special out of our usual programming because there's a certain major franchise dropping a new entry at the cinema yeah. uh, in the next couple of weeks so we thought as a as a conscientious podcast film podcast yeah. that we should at least be tackling this head on and we've decided to do just that but Simon unfortunately is headed to Glastonbury or Glastonbury <laughs> sorry yeah. <There's> that- <laughs> I was thinking of like Duckburg, you know, where like Scrooge McDuck lived. I know, yeah. (laughs) So enjoy Glastonbury, Si. Have a great time. And your pop music. And your your popular themes, your popular tunes. (laughs) Enjoy those. Uh, But we are joined by, well, ramping the the, uh, intellectual quota and sex appeal up. And and James, this is no disrespect to you and me. (laughs) Into another plane entirely. We've got from the Tapes podcast and Really 007, it's the majestic Chris Goldie. How are you, Chris? I'm very good. Thank you very much for that lovely intro. <laughs> I'm going to have to, uh, yeah, I, I might have to uh, save that and uh, make, you know, so I can listen back whenever I feel a little bit down. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we can cut and paste it into maybe like, I don't know, like a voicemail thing. Like, this is the <laughs> yeah. voicemail of. <laughs> Yeah. That, that, I think that sounds great. Uh, but are you well, Chris? I am very well, thank you. Uh, a little bit hot and, and bothered, <sighs> but like everyone is Christ, this past week or so. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's good. How are you guys? Yeah, same, great. hot, hot, and we're not mm-hmm. allowed fans on for sound quality. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what I've realised is I am far too white for the current, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, like far too pasty and far too white for the current state of global warming in the UK. Yeah. Well, I was in Mallorca last week and oh. that was perfectly fine because, you know, their, their buildings are designed mm. and they have aircon in everywhere and all that <laughs> good stuff and you're just on holiday packing on the pounds and whatnot <laughs> it's, uh, in the sun. But yeah, come back to England. Our, our homes are just not designed for this sort of thing no. at all. no. Oh, there's no way. Uh, that's that would explain the lovely uh, bronzing you have, James. Yes, yeah. You always did go brown, man. I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, I'm, I've got, a, I've, I'm actually uh, the far, uh, you know, the the male member of a, not the male member. I'm the, I'm the senior <laughs> member of, of a family of daywalkers, so I don't get to spend as much time out in the uh, in the sun as I would like. <laughs> Well, unless I want to sit by myself, and then them two can't follow me out. I have never heard someone describe their family unit in that way. (laughs) But I do applaud it. Um, So uh, I would love to know what you guys have been watching recently. Let's start with you, James. What have you been watching recently? So, yeah, so um, as I've been away on holiday, I haven't got to the cinema for a new film yet. Um, 
since I got back. I I did go to see the Grand Budapest Hotel on the big screen uh, the other night because Wes Anderson's got a new uh, film coming out in a week or two, and they're doing a bit of a retrospective on on some of his work at my local cinema, which has been lovely to see that film on the on the big screen. Uh, it still works like gangbusters. But I did catch a couple of films which are no longer in cinemas before I went away on holiday, and both have not done amazing at the box office, so I'd like to just shout them out now. So the first one I saw, I want to sh- uh, shout up is Bo is Afraid, which is an anxiety odyssey filled with purposefully uncomfortable sequences, maddening detours, and genuine laugh-out-loud moments if you lock into its uh, jet-black tone. So... It's the new one from Ari Aster, and he's previously made the horror films Hereditary and Midsommar, which I loved both of those. But this is slightly different tone. But uh, if you've ever had an issue with anxiety in the past or continue to have an issue with anxiety, I'm putting my own hands up here. Um this is like the scariest film he's ever made because it's basically just like, oh, he's looked into my mind and taken all of my greatest fears out and just thrown them on the screen. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty full on. It's three hours long. To call it entertaining feels inaccurate, but I was locked into Bo and his amusing slash excruciating predicaments thanks to uh, Joaquin Phoenix's low-register cowed performance and the sheer technical brilliance of the filmmaking. It is quite a feat for a filmmaker to make something so absorbing while simultaneously trying to make you hate it. Uh, It is a bit baggy and self-indulgent, but it's hard not to be impressed by the sheer audacity of the whole operation. I just hope that Ari Aster is okay, and if anyone sees him, you know, just just if he's if he's open to it, just give him a hug. Make sure he's all right. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, really good film if you've got the uh, the patience and the um, and uh, I suppose the the mental fortitude to go <laughs> go into it because it's not necessarily an easy sit. Um, and the second one I wanted to shout out was a little film called Sisu, which is directed by. I'm going to mangle this guy's name now, so apologies. Uh, Jalmari Helanda, um, who I believe is a Finnish filmmaker. And Sisu is a uh, simple story in which a hard-as-nails Finnish gold prospector stabs, shoots, and explodes Nazis in increasingly violent fashion towards the end of the Second World War. It brings nothing new to the fucked with the wrong dude action subgenre, but it's lean and solidly executed and features a top tier villain death that registers nicely on the broken arrow scale, I would say. <laughs> Which is, of course, the definitive villain death yeah, scale. Yeah, yeah, like John Travolta being blasted through a train carriage by a nuclear weapon is top tier stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is like yeah. a, you know, it's like, that's like a 10. This is like a 6 to a 7, I would say, that's in terms good. of villain death. Just, yeah. just so we know in terms of FYR where does Powers Booth getting a helicopter dropped on him fit into that oh probably around a similar six similar to seven thing. I would yeah. say yeah. yeah excellent excellent I, I suppose you get extra merit in John Travolta's case because his body literally folds around the new <laughs> <laughs> it's it's more of a horizontal than a vertical death which is always yeah. more satisfying <laughs> oh so great Cool, cool. So, Chris, what, have you been watching anything that you would like to bring to our attention this evening? Uh, yeah, the last film that I really was really engaged by was uh, the um, uh, Mark Jenkins and His Men, which is like an experimental kind of folk horror film. 
Uh, and it is, I was a big fan of his, his first film, which was Bait, which was kind of like shot on this, almost, you know, it was almost like hand cranked, you know, 16 mil camera and all this, all the, there was no the recording sound, so everything had to be recorded in post. Just this a really immersive kind of experience. Uh, but yeah, Ellis Burn is just this slow burn, you know, everything you expect from kind of folk horror. Uh, just weird goings on, weird soundtracks, weird just music, weird, just all weirdness, but it's just like, uh, yeah, just really kind of draws you in. Um, and at the end of it, you kind of like, tends to my wife was like, did you, did you, did you, did you get that? <laughs> and I kind of like, it's the sort of songs where you feel like, you know, I think it's like, 18 minutes long, it's 19 minutes long, where you just feel like, actually, I'm going to put this back on again because it's just, you feel like there's so much you've missed, even though there's no kind of like complicated plot or like loads of dialogue, very little dialogue. In fact, I feel like that's definitely one to watch and kind of wash over you. Um, but I, I, now and then I like to troll through uh, Amazon Prime because so you do find some real goodies on there. Yeah. Um, uh, we watched recently uh, Throw Mama from the Train. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, which was uh, I hadn't seen for, for a long time. Talk about pitch black comedies. That is, uh, that's all up there. Um, it's basically a sort of remake of uh, Strangers on a Train with Danny DeVito. Um, and it's just yeah, really <laughs> funny. Again, 90 minutes, loads of fun, really great acting, and just yeah, just just yeah, just what what you want to to you know, nothing too demanding, but great dialogue, very funny. Definitely recommend that one. Chris, can I ask, does awesome. that take place in the same universe as Stop or My Mom Will Shoot? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it should. It should be, yeah. <laughs> I love our I love our English way of saying mom. We we, we so labour it, don't we? Because yeah. it's not a real word. <laughs> <laughs> I, right, I think it was. Was it like it might have been like WrestleMania Seven or something like that? Like and Sky were like like really boasting. Like you'll never believe what we've got. We've got you can watch Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, then WrestleMania Seven. Like <laughs> so I've got a VHS that's got VHS that's got um both on. Like it just says on the side, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot and WrestleMania Seven. What a double bill. Well yeah. and I've never watched Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> Always <laughs> fast forwarding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, uh, Chris, I-, I must say, like, I love that. Um because there's so much good like 90 minute horror stuff mm-hmm. the the streaming services by the fact that there's been a proliferation of streaming services that yeah. all want content there is a lot of really fun horror knocking about yeah. now and it's really great so um i have a very loose relationship with my watch list um and when things pop up on it i'm usually like yeah nah and then yeah. we'll we'll get rid and delete from watch list my next one after what i'm watching next is lake mongo which i know is oh. uh, yeah, yes. big fan of yours. Absolutely love that. I'm a Going little cold scared. Is, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's very unsettling. Very, very unsettling. And it again draws you in very slowly. It's not. I, yeah, if you can watch it completely cold, the better. Just don't read anything about it. Just sit down and watch it. It's. I, I think it's a. It's a brilliant film. Oh my word! Uh, right. Well, that could be what I watch after tonight's uh, tonight's recording. Possibly, I'm not sure because, like, having heard you say that, that might bump it over. Do you know what? I can't even remember what's ahead of it in the list. I just know that this is after this. So yeah, it's gone. Whatever it was, it's gone. It's late Mongo. It's <laughs> oh, late Mongo. Wasn't stuff on my shoot. 
yes, it was yeah. <laughs> 25 years of been waiting to be watched. Yeah. I only thought we had to beat WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> What's Lake Mungo? Asks Mrs. Travolta <laughs> Senior. <laughs> no one ever says Mrs. Travolta Senior, do they? Is that who is the mom? No, it's Jackie Stop. Stallone. Sorry, it's Jackie Stallone. Is it Jackie Stallone? It's Mrs. Stallone. No, it's, it's Stallone uh, and some old woman, it? isn't it? It is, is it yeah. Woman from like Golden Girls or something like that. I feel like it's <laughs> someone like... I was his actual I mean, mom. I remember watching it. Not um, real mom. No, it's fiction, Rob. I yeah, love how not, you still stuck with... It's not his real mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, his real mom. In ca- yeah, in case he was listening and didn't get mum. Yeah. <laughs> this is my fault. <laughs> yeah. I've derailed this. <laughs> in the best possible way. Um, so, what? yeah, my picks, uh, I went to the cinema. So I know last time out um, on our centenary episode, I mentioned the gorgeous uh, voucher to go to the Everyman Cinema. Um, we did follow through on the promise. We went and I took uh, my whole family and they couldn't get their heads around the idea that you could go into a cinema and it have lovely sofas and then they bring you pizza and burgers and beers in. Oh, the kids wow. obviously weren't on the beers, uh, but uh, I, I must <laughs> say da- Daddy did enjoy himself. Um, and we watched Little Mermaid. Um, yeah, I'm just going to come out. It's my film of the year. Outstanding. <laughs> Absolutely outstanding. Cried my eyes out about four times during it. And at the end the kids were looking more at me and the tears flying out my face than they were on the screen. Uh, it was outstanding. Javier Bardem was wonderful. But um, Halle Bailey is just, she is outstanding. It, it, there's any haters out there, just go and grow up because this is outstanding. She's born to play this. She's absolutely brilliant. Um, and I loved everything about it. Um the new songs from um, Alan Menken, who came in to add more uh, musical I think it's in musical guff. It's not guff, you know. <laughs> Although there is there is a rap. The uh the seagull does a rap. But I think that's um Lynn Manuel Miranda has stepped in. Oh, to, don't get me started on him. Yeah, and it's not the the rap is 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 the bit that so someone asked me recently what is it? And I said it's a nine point five, five taken off, that point five taken off for the seagull rapping. <laughs> Do you remember on this podcast where I confessed to being possibly the only man in the in the world who doesn't like Hamilton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah two. Oh, there's two. There's two. There's two. Ah, I knew there was more of us. <laughs> Secret society. <laughs> I'm glad you had a lovely time out with the fan, Rob, but do you not find these live-action remakes to be sort of just like the most cynical and creatively devoid death of cinema no <laughs> I, 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 I definitely can understand that but i actually thought this was a bit something different mm. so i have watched some of the other live action stuff and thought it was it was poop basically um, <laughs> i didn't care for the lion king live action thing at all no no um, I, 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 I really didn't i thought it was extremely flat um this honestly i thought they tried to do something and more than just like yeah do it in a modern way as in, like, with modern technology, they did it in a modern, updated way. I thought right. it was culturally sensitive. Yeah. Um, I thought it was uh, forward-thinking and, dare I say, progressive without being... Um, without smashing judge- you over the head with it. Yeah, without being, yeah. like, sort of, like, judgmentally overbearing about it. Um, and I think, actually, they made a lot of choices that made a lot of sense. A very, very small example of this. Um, they wanted, you know, obviously, um, Scuttle, the, the bird, to have more screen time. 
Well, Ariel's under the sea. So they made him, instead of him being a seagull, they made him a gannet who dives under the water. <laughs> Just like forward thing. And if anything, I think it was understated. I think the, the colours were a bit more muted. I think it was a bit more realistic. Dare I say it for a, for a thing like this. Um, and I, I just thought it was great. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And it's still my film of the year. And I think actually it will take quite a bit to beat it. Um, I mean, that must be the most positive review for that film. I've yeah, heard I know. Because like, it's got a right kick in. Uh, well, if, if <coughs> you know what, player. Disney, if you would like kind words on a poster, yeah, you can have them. You can have them. Because I, re- I really enjoyed it. And I know my kids did as well. And oh, it's very that's ha- good. It's very hard to entertain kids between the ages of five yes, and you've got 12. Yes, because mix, haven't you? But mixes of boys and girls as well. They were all yeah. well into this. Um, oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And also, they've, they've seen their dad really cry now. <laughs> and it wasn't <laughs> at the perishment of a family member. This was like... Ugly crying. Was oh, it the it's awful. No, 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 no. Because sadly, sadly, this is the Everyman is absolutely gorgeous, but there's no Guinness. Sir, the, the, the bar is now closed. Well, <laughs> why? <laughs> Ariel! <laughs> Doing it in a Spanish accent like Javier Bardem. Never mind. Um, so the other thing, uh, just very quickly to, that I've watched, is um, I... I'm determined to try and find a more cogent work-life balance because I just don't have one. So after 10 o'clock, I, I'm, at the minute, I'm trying to make myself watch something. And I've, I've watched something, I've been watching something I've always wanted to watch, which is The Book of Boba Fett. I know you're oh. probably thinking that it'd be something a bit more, you know, like long-standing and highbrow than that. But yeah. I've always wanted to watch it because I'm the, um, Return of the Jedi is my favourite Star Wars movie. Yes. Um, so, and if you love Return of the Jedi... Whoa, will you love this? It's is it ri- good because it got again. It got a slating. That's nice, very good. It, it, like, I, I think ooh. it's just because it's not got the um, like the Mandalorian. I think just set the bar too high. I think right, actually, okay. this is an extremely good piece of television about yeah. a world before <clears throat> Rise of Skywalker and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, like it's like forgets that Rise of Skywalker always happened. You know, all that kind of stuff. It's it's just a really really nice comforting lovely bit of television about a period of cinema and and a period of cinematic storytelling that you really like and so i really liked it and i think tomorrow morrison is really good obviously is boba fett there's some lovely surprises in there but also like what you get with these programs with with these disney series like the fan service is very good i haven't watched any i would say i've never watched any of the marvel fan series or, not fan series but you know the, the, no. the, the yeah, tv yeah. marvel series i, I uh, as that lady very famously said in memes everywhere, ain't nobody got time for that. So uh, I am not, um, yeah, I don't have, I'm not going to, yeah. Um, so yeah, lovely stuff for like Rancors and, you know, the Tuscan Raiders and, oh, oh yeah, Java's Palace gets a real good look at. I love all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, really super. What a lovely selection as well. Um yes. And, you know, it's it's very nice as well to bring in, like, selections from outside of our, you know, our, our usual trio, James. You know, like, um, yeah, we all have correct, the things that yeah. we're into and stuff like that, so it's really nice. Um, so uh, I would like, considering we have a guest, I would like to take them to Bigfoot Corner. Chris, will you join me? We can hold please, hands, please. if you like. Yeah, please. <laughs> as we cross to the other we side. We don't know who we're going to bump into. Not Bigfoot. But Probably LA. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Join us in Bigfoot Corner. Bigfoot Corner. So, chaps, I sent you uh, via the medium of WhatsApp a 
video earlier today, one that I'm particularly excited about. Um, have you guys seen this? Uh, yes, yeah, I had a good watch. You, you've seen it? Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent. James? Much like uh, Bigfoot himself, I have I have not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Life imitating sort of <laughs> fiction, yeah. Well then, uh, any reasons why you didn't press press play on that one, James? Uh, it'll just be a bloke in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the video in question is called the Texas Fence Climber, which, um, as as sort of our WhatsApp messages discussed, does sound like a particularly invasive sex move. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chris, would you? Would you say that it, it doesn't look like a man in a suit? Or? <laughs> uh, uh, no, it doesn't look like a man in a suit. It just looks like a man. So sneaking along this fence, he like sheepishly climbs over as if he's gonna go and like nick your wife's knickers off the washing line. It's just so... <laughs> Here's me thinking I had the holy grail of footage. <laughs> one didn't watch it and one pass. thought it was a sex pest. <laughs> and that, ladies continues. and gentlemen... <laughs> 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 and that, ladies and gentlemen, is Bigfoot Corner. <laughs> that might be our most succinct of all time. <laughs> Bigfoot Corner. So... We have a movie for you, and as we mentioned that tonight, uh, well, sorry, not just tonight, but in the coming weeks, there is uh, a new entry in one of I don't think it's I don't think it's arguable one of the most beloved franchises that cinema has, um, and uh, we thought it was prescient and important to chat about one of its entries that um, is oft discussed, um, oft criticised. But it, it's in our wheelhouse and remit to look into this. So for a very, very topical uh, FYR, we're going to discuss this. A vintage age Indiana Jones is pulled into a wild web of international subterfuge and must trot the globe in a series of those gorgeous little animated map cutaways. The goal this time, a crystal skull, a remnant of a civilization long since lost. But are they human or something much more exotic? Indy must join up with a petulant greaser, an old flame, a cockney caricature and some CGI monkeys and try not to destroy everyone's childhoods in the process. (laughs) Of course, it's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Legend says that a crystal skull was stolen from a mythical lost city in the Amazon. Whoever returns the skull to the city temple will be given control over its power. You will help us find it. Put your hands down, will you? You're embarrassing us. Grab one. Go get something else. Grab the snake! Damn, I thought that was closer. Get on! What's he gonna do now? I don't think he plans that far ahead. I think I'd cover my ears if I were you. 
A teacher? Part-time. <sighs> when I first saw that trailer, I, I couldn't have been more excited. Do you guys remember the first time you saw the trailer? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was I was so excited. I mean, I I think we've sort of discussed it over the uh over previous episodes, but we frequently still revisit the Indiana Jones films, you know, in our in our downtime, and I've shown mm. them to my son when he was much too young for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'd probably enjoy them more now he's a bit older and less traumatised. So, yeah, when I remember seeing that trailer, and I was, I was sceptical a little bit because I was like, well, Harrison Ford is in his 60s now. Is he still going to be able to do it? <laughs> little did I know that another <laughs> years later, they stick 80-year-old Harrison in the, in the fedora again. Um, <laughs> But yes, I was genuinely very excited, and it was a. I don't. I think it's hard to to state now. Now that we live in like you know a world where you have the Avengers and Avatar and all these films that regularly do billions of dollars, this was a huge cultural moment. People had been yes. waiting for it because throughout the whole nineties, they were talking about doing another Indiana Jones. Yeah, and it's like, oh, we can't agree on an idea. We can't agree on an idea. Uh, and then eventually it was like, no, no, not only we're we in production, it's coming out next year. Yeah. So, yeah, massively excited as a huge fan of two of the films in the original Interesting. trilogy. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that in a moment. But yeah, Chris, yeah. do you remember when you first saw any footage from this movie? Yeah, I, yeah, I was the same. So I was so excited to see the trailer. Again, sceptical um, about, you know, it's been a long break since the, since the previous one. Harrison Ford is getting on. And just sort of the 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 title itself was was made me sort of what's this kind of I'm not familiar with it. You know, it's not as easily recognisable as you know the you know uh, the Last Crusade. And you think, oh well, they, that sort of you know it's tied into something that is part of kind of I suppose Western you know society uh, and the Last Ark and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I, I, I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, looks pretty good. It, it, Maybe could prove me wrong. Obviously, at the time, you know, uh, some of the casting did put a little downer on it because it wasn't what kind of casting that I was hoping for. I think we'll, we're obviously talking about Shia LaBeouf here, um, and just thinking what have they got you lined up for in this role? And obviously, the rumours of you know potentially what the character he's going to play and that kind of stuff. Uh, but I, no, I, I yeah, I, I did my duty. I went to see it at the cinema. And yeah, it wasn't sort of um, yeah, you can edit that out. Uh, I'll just leave it at that because I'm going to end up spoiling what, what I'm going to say. Well, well, maybe we could say no, what we, we initially thought of the film yeah. when we first okay. saw it. I assume we all saw it in the in the cinema. Absolutely, and I think that that is important. I think, um, I, I, like, I, I I think that is important because since watching it again. Uh, and we, re- I really, we really should be talking about this in a moment, but we'll do, we'll talk about it now because this is a discussion, and I think this is like, this is a surprise. This, or oh, a lot of this, what we're going to talk about here, I think is going to surprise, actually, because yeah. the facts surrounding this film are a little different than people know, I think, and understand. To the point that I'm not sure we can actually cover this on this podcast. <laughs> I don't think it fits our remit. I really don't. Um, so, um, which is interesting, but anyway, um, would that be your relationship with the film, Chris? Like you went to the cinema, obviously watching it as an Indiana Jones fan and. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely massive fan of the, of the franchise and the character. Yeah. I think that, you know, the, the Ra- Raiders for me is, 
um, again, uh, I mention this every time, is, is a perfect film. I, I cannot fault, I, I think, the casting. I think it's um, yeah. one of the, the, the best shot films, I think, of all time. And I mean that not just in the cinematography or, you know, the choice of lighting. I mean, the way it's framed, the blocking, everything about it is... I think it was Soderbergh put on his website. He, he he turned it into black and white and put some of the took the sound up and put some soundtrack over it. The, basically, the people to analyze it is because it's like this is a per, if you this is how you shoot. This is how you block actors. This, this is how is you amazing. tell a story visually. Yeah, so and great. it is every time I watch it, it blows me away in terms of just how just beautiful it is, you know, and and it's how it, it manages to be feel like an absolute modern you know blockbuster but still pays homage to what it intended to be you know um and you know the saturday morning kind of serials yeah i love that film love the screenplay is is again is like you you teach that in film school acting brilliant you know last crusade again i don't know it could have a crazy tip into my favorite simply because the because the the chemistry between connery and, and Ford is just off. Oh, you know, so is there ever been yeah. more perfect casting? The dialogue is just perfect. It moves at such a pace. It's like, I don't know, whiplash here. It's just moving. Just as soon as it, that's oh, it, you're off. You're moving. And it I've got goosebumps, Chris. Honestly, and it's so, so good. And the thing is, Spielberg has such control over the storytelling. You never feel lost. Even though at times it can be a little bit complicated, you never feel like, well, who's this person? And what's happened? Where are they going next? It's a, a masterclass. And obviously Temple over the years, I think has sort of gained more. Well, I think it's just become a bit more, maybe being kind of revisited and kind of reconsidered. And, and I, 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 that is one that I am fond of. I don't think it's the same quality as, as the other two, uh, but I find it, it's possibly one of the more interesting because it is, it's a prequel before I knew a prequel existed. Yeah. You know, that kind of didn't make sense when I remember watching mm-hmm. it. Tonally, it's, Spielberg maybe doesn't have as much of a grip on, on the tone as much as he does on the others. <laughs> yeah. It can be very dark at times to the point of being, you know, scarring small children, including my own. <laughs> and, um, and, and then, you know, it's just some of it. Again, the issue we had with it is, it's not the the MacGuffin isn't is easily as recognisable as Lost Ark or the Holy Grail things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I still, yeah, I, yeah. I, I still have a lot of time for it because again, beautifully constructed, beautifully shot. The technical cinematography, you know, the the opening music and the used to annoy me. I love it now. You know, I love that it yeah, embraces yeah, it's what it so is. So different, isn't it? Yeah, and I think watching the fourth one, I, my my whole I was I was. You know, I was really hopeful, like I say, given hearing about all the different stories and iterations about the sequel. Chris Columbus had written a screenplay about, like, Atlantis. Or, or then Frank Darabont had done, a, you know, a version. All these great screenwriters had Shia, a crack at it. I Shyamalan had a go yeah. one as well. Yeah. I think Did he? practically every high-profile mm-hmm. screenwriter in Hollywood had a crack at this. Yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones? Yeah, at, this, at the fourth instalment. Whoa! And Darabont, you can actually find his script, his mm. unproduced screenplay online. <sighs> it's very similar to this in yeah. terms of storyline, but it's it's it starts different. It's di- it is different. There's different scenes, but the general storyline is quite because obviously Lucas comes up with the stories, and then they hire a screenwriter to go and write the script 
essentially, yeah. because they've yeah. all sort of come to the conclusion that Lucas is more effective as a ideas guy and as a mm. producer. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Which is what happened with, you know, the original Star Wars trilogy and, and, and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, I, we're sort of dancing around it. So when you first saw this film in the theatres back in 2008, yeah, did you like it? Well, my wife, who's in the other room, came in with a note. So this is half the press. Uh, yeah. She's written on, on, on here, it said, uh, we called it a charmless bag of wank. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> that was my, our initial initial reaction, fresh fresh off the press. Um, that was our initial was reaction. That, was that your reaction at the time? At the time, yes. yes. So I was very much like, what 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 had they done? What what? And it was so, I was quite confused in terms of yeah the plot, the the how outlandish it felt, and it felt like a, a real kind of mix of strangeness and and, and never it wasn't it never felt like particularly coherent. I don't know if that's obviously why we you know from it coming from multiple drafts and multiple writers, and then obviously. But yeah, I, I, I have to say, uh, <laughs> I wasn't a fan when I first saw it. That has changed since. Uh, but that first, the first initial watch, I think it's because, you know, and, and I think that's the expectations. Having absolutely, absolutely adore those films, watching the, the fourth one, it was like, it was never, re- unless it was a masterpiece, it was never really going to live up to it. But there was so many things that actually I, I found fault in it. And it felt, yeah, it felt a little bit kind of, yeah, charmless. Wow. <laughs> I think that's a very, no, it's a very good point now, because I think, like, the bar of the original trilogy is just so high. Yes. That it was always going to be very hard to get near. Uh, and and I totally agree. I think, oh, James, considering you asked the question, if it, is it all right if I answer? Um, yeah, go for it, yeah. Like, I was so excited to see it, like, feeling, I felt sick for days beforehand. Like, just, like, that buzzing about it. And got to the cinema, obviously, and it was after the first... Obviously, we get, you know, we talk about certain points in the film. I know we used to do this warning. If you've not watched the film, go watch it. You can find it here. Actually, at the moment, they're all on Sky Cinema. So if you want to go and get that, Sky Cinema. And Disney Plus, yeah. Are they on Disney Plus as well? They're on Disney Plus, yeah. Well, outstanding. So go check them all out um, and fill your jolly boots, then come back. And... It was the, the 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 opening sequence. I I think I'd got to a point in two thousand and seven, after so many years of shonky CGI stuff, doing stuff like it feels like when you do stuff with CGI in an action sense, you've got to earn it. Like yeah, you know, and it feels like sometimes people filmmakers, sorry, at the time, were like, they'd not earned the grandeur of those sequences, Mm -hmm. and it showed. You know, like, and I don't mean like, it's just like, well, it's cheap and we can do this amazing thing. We can do it through CGI. No, 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 no. You know, if you're going to do it, you, I don't know whether you have to earn it is the right expression. I'm not sure. But I I had fatigue by 2008, because I'd seen... um, one of my favourite trilogies up to this point was the Spider-Man trilogy, Raimi's Spider-Man yeah. trilogy. And by the the the, fo- the third one, sorry, I was so fatigued by poor CGI yeah. uh, and just like overblowing action sequences and things like that. And just as the reviews for The Flash are coming in now, they're saying again that the end is just a big CGI mess. And it's just, mm-hmm. why do we keep having this over and over and over? Because things are more effective when you do them a real way. 
you know, yeah. like, uh, uh, I don't know. CGI used sparingly is astonishing. And I think of that in the times when, you know, like in Wolf of Wall Street, the, you know, walking down a, um, like a stone pier or a stone jetty. Yeah. And that was exist, all, yeah, yeah. it doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. All done on a soundstage with green all around them. And when you're watching the movie, at no point do you think yeah, <laughs> that that isn't really happening. And that's the CGI. That's where CGI comes into its own. So um, when I saw it was the marmots, those little like rodenty thing. Yeah, <laughs> gophers. Gophers. That's yeah. it. Marmots. What am I talking about? Yeah. Like the yeah them things popping up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm thinking. Oh no. No, yeah. I think and, and, no, no spoilers. But all the CGI animals in this film are fucking rubbish. Like they're really, they're really poor. <laughs> like I think we can all just agree on mm-hmm. that now. Like they, I don't know if they were good at the time, but they certainly haven't aged well. No, um, and I don't I, know if I ILM agree. were doing discount on crappy CGI creatures, and that's why there's so many of them in there. But yeah, that, well, that, so, well, like right. So I'm so sorry, right? Because we, we're look, we're talking about the movie. Supposed to be a just, tight record this. Right? I know, I know, I know. Thirty-seven minutes in. Oh my god! Right. So, James, um, before, like, just like, what was your like, what was your initial reaction before we go into budget and box office? Yeah, I went. Well, what was yours? Did you did you enjoy the film when you saw it? Um, I, I've seen it twice all time before this week. Yeah, and um, I've. Always I mean, when been... you initially saw it in two thousand and nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, I've always been um somewhat of a defender. Yeah. Um, because I enjoyed enough of it at the time. To, yeah. you know, to hold on to. Yes. So my initial reaction was I saw it with my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, when it came out, and greatness of. Yes, greatness of. Long-lasting relationships. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, so we saw it, and I really wanted to love it, and then I, when I watched it, I was like. Spielberg said he was doing this all practical. The CGI all over this bloody thing. Yeah, and it really soured me. And then, so I came out and I thought that was that was fine. You know, I was a bit disappointed, yeah. but I didn't think it was bad. And then over the years, my opinion on it just sort of soured on it slightly in terms mm. of I could only remember like the really jarring bits that had taken me out of the film and the bits mm-hmm. that I didn't like and. I really focused in on those. So to be honest, last night watching it in preparation was only the second time I've seen it from beginning to end all the way through. I've, ca- oh, wow. I've caught bits of it on TV, you know, when it's like been halfway through and like, oh, I'll watch this for 20 minutes or whatever. And, you know, enough to, to, get, a, uh, to get a hold on it. But yeah, this was probably the only the second time that I'd seen it on from the beginning to the, like actually sat down to properly watch it. Um, and I was, yeah, I was surprised, but I won't say any more than that at the moment. Outstanding. Um, while, while you're there then, James, um, we have to talk about the criteria. So budget and box office. So I think what's, uh, so usually what we would do is we'd cover a film that was either a box office bomb or got a negative critical reaction. And this film didn't get either of those. What it did get though and the reason that I wanted to cover it, and I think the reason why our listeners will be interested, is this got such a backlash from the movie-going public in terms of the fans of the franchise. Lots of people were not happy with this, and in, also in preparation for this, <laughs> it inspired an infamous episode of South Park, where, um, <laughs> which... 
um, how, how to delicately put this? Basically, um, Kyle and Stan have decided that um, <laughs> the, the, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was actually just um, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas literally raping Indiana Jones. Yes, over and over again in the course of... 22 minutes or whatever. I'm not shitting on that episode of South Park. I watched it last night and I laughed a lot. I thought it was very, very funny. It's them doing what they do best. but Because uh, I, I watched it too, but um, I really didn't need to see George Lucas's O-face. Thanks no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and I think yeah. that... I think that episode, because South Park was a huge... It's still a huge show. Obviously, it's been on, mm. the, on the air for nearly 30 years now. But back then was very much a, a sort of a taste setter, I would say, for or a trend setter within within the pop culture sphere and within the news sphere. And they went in on that on that film completely. Uh, whereas I was sort of more like butters at the end. I can't believe they would send them to jail. I thought that movie was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, so I think that sort of and then mm. over the years, people were just like, no, that is a shit, shit movie. So that's why we're looking at this one. Not because of how it did at the box office or critically. But yeah, yeah. Because of how the the paying public reacted yeah. to it. So as we're getting a fifth one, it's probably not going to surprise anyone that this did absolute gangbusters really? at the box office. Uh, James, can I just say, I love it when you say it did gangbusters. Yeah, that, yeah. That, honestly, that's like as comforting to me. As a pair of like driving gloves. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so it's very Lovely. partridge that. So. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going to get into the into the numbers in the same sort of detail as we usually do. It made nearly 800 million worldwide, and this Oof. is before films were regularly doing a billion at the box office. So worldwide, it was only second to The Dark Knight as the highest grossing film of 2008. So it's wow. absolutely massive. And then uh, from the critical standpoint. I've got... So sorry. Go on. I did my research. Oh, did you? You've done to it? fill in for Simon, yeah, yeah. Oh, lovely. I was going to I was, I was gonna be like a single mother. I was going to... Oh, <laughs> I man. Gonna, I was going to wash and dry there, Rob. But <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> Please, can we keep that in in some way? That was outstanding. Um, if you'd like me to, I, I, yeah, I really... Yeah, go for it, I man. did research. Okay. So th- this is where I think that it, it... This is very interesting to me, actually, because my perception of this film was that it was totally hated. Like totally universally hated, mm-hmm. um, and then I looked at the you know, the metrics that we usually used. I couldn't believe right. So Letterbox two point six, which is low. That is low. That's low for Letterbox, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I looked at then I went to Metacritic. The Metascore is sixty five with yeah. a user score of uh, five point four. Rotten Tomatoes has got it seventy seven percent certified fresh. Yes. From the critical standpoint. From yeah. a critical, and then use a score of 53. Now, I always find that very interesting when there's a, a critical... Uh, uh, sorry, there's an audience-reviewer disparity. I always find yeah. that really interesting. But um, So to look at a few critics, Damien Wise of Empire gave it four, four out of five, saying it's a slick, fun film that has by no means sacrificed the fast action beats of the first three. Ebes checked in from the Chicago Sun-Times with... 88 
out of a hundred, I guess, and I don't know what that means. He does um, three out of four, I think. That's does he? That uh, is. So is yeah, that yeah. like a percentage of right? Yeah, okay. yeah. So he's put. Um, I can say that if you like the other Indiana Jones movies, you will like this one, and if you did not, there is no talking to you. <laughs> Which makes me love that guy. Yeah. Um, so we've got uh, Mick. La the Salle, the sheriff steps in with um, a seventy-five percent, which I guess is three out of four. I guess yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think um, it was three out of four. Yeah, right. He says the movie moves. It has action sequences that are so enormous that they won't just wow audiences, but rock them back in their seats and make them laugh at the audacity of it all. It obviously it wasn't all this, but I actually found it harder to find negative reviews. Whether this is reappraisal or not, I don't know. But uh, Robert Wilonski of the Village Voice says it's hard to tell whether Spielberg and Lucas are trying too hard or trying at all. The thing's such a mess, such an unmitigated disaster, that damned is the scholar stuck with the unfortunate task of deciphering the cynical, clinical gibberish in decades to come. That is a damning. (laughs) (laughs) And I sort of get where people are coming from with this cynical aspect of this yeah, film. Yeah, I let's, do. Let's I, not I, make any bones about it. This film exists to make money, first and foremost. I mean, it's there because there's a love of Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. And they think yeah. it will make a lot of money. Because yeah. The Last Crusade ends perfectly. There is no mm. need to ever do another Indiana Jones again. They all ride off into the sunset. Literally ride off into the sunset at the end of that film. Um, yes. So, you know, there's commercial reasonings behind this. But also, they did want to get it right. I think what I went into this film was slight trepidation. Not because Spielberg isn't one of the best filmmakers of all time, but he's not the same filmmaker who made that original yes. trilogy. He is a Hollywood right. yeah. heavyweight now at this point. Not just yes. in terms of box office, which he always was, but in terms of critical and peer admiration. He's won two Oscars for directing. And yeah. his lead-up film to this was Munich. You know, so it's like... Really? From the director of <laughs> Munich comes Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> and even his blockbusters had become more cerebral by that point, like Minority Report and Man, I didn't know War that. of the Worlds. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, he had gone into a much more serious frame of mind I think in terms of himself as a blockbuster director he still made blockbusters but they were a lot more not that I mean I love all all of the, a lot of his early work so it's not like I'm saying oh they they're more intelligent but he seemed to have more on his mind just that rather than just wowing the audience he wanted to make people think as well and he completely changed his visual style after Schindler's List as well and Kaminsky mm. shoots this one who's shot all of his movies yeah since then um and yeah, so I was always going in there like, has he got, still got it in the locker here? And I suppose that's a good jumping off point into. I think it is into the film itself. I think it is. Um, if if uh, on in terms of like the critical, you know, discussion on the film, um, I I think audience is really interesting on this one because lot, especially because it takes something very very special to emotionally connect with people in the way the Indiana Jones yeah, the original yeah. trilogy original trilogy did. Uh, like generationally uh, so separate from so much stuff um and it it brings out brilliant and interesting reactions <laughs> from people yeah um so you've got uh, Brian uh, Espetia on uh, letterbox says um still love this mix of 50 sci-fi mystery old school adventure and Kate Blanchett you know 
Hold on Oscar to yourself. Oscar winning Kate Blanchett, yeah. <laughs> it's also the first indie film I ever watched. And ah. it brings back a wave of nostalgia, so I might be biased in how much I enjoy it. It's interesting to think of that. If this is your first indie... If you were eight years old when you saw this... Yeah. Then it probably... I mean, the thing is, like, when did it come out? How long ago was this now? 2008, what, we were like 15 years 15 ago? 15 years, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was in my early 20s at that point. Yeah, and I'd grown up with the original trilogy. Mm. Then obviously, then I will judge this new film on that. And I think a lot of the negative reviews from people our age, basically, exactly. who grew up with Indiana Jones yeah. and were like, well, this isn't as good as Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is an absolutely bananas <laughs> yes, yeah. way to approach a film. Oh, it's not as good as the pound for pound most entertaining film ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I know if you're having a quarter of the enjoyment, this should be one of the great films of the year. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're so you're so right. Like um, you've got, and on the flip side of this, Dirk H uh, gave it one out of five on Letterbox, saying that it's a gripping drama about a demented geriatric archaeologist who thinks he's having an adventure while in reality he's being spoon-fed porridge. Uh, so you're you're all over the place really here um, and <laughs> Mr. Cop says Indiana Jones the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull it's like a trip to my grandparents basement full of dusty artefacts strange smells and unexplained noises Harrison Ford fights aliens Kate Blanchett fights her Russian accent and I fight the urge to vomit <laughs> <laughs> and my final critical appraisal that I had to it's not really an appraisal it's more of an observation from uh, Ayo Adabiri, uh, just this year, sorry, just September last year. Um, I don't know why everyone is so mad about the nuclear fridge thing because that happened to me when I went to a Diplo concert in 2015 and did Molly for the first time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, right, there's so much, so. So, oh, we've got to do this quick. I don't know how we're going to do it. Right, so. I mean, we get into the we get into the movie. I mean, the plot is, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's a treasure hunt. They've got to go from here to it. They get they go to mm-hmm. one place and get this clue, right? And then they go to another place and then they get this clue, and then they go to another mm. place and meet up with some more sidekicks, and then they go to this place and then they have a fight and blah blah blah. It's an Indiana Jones movie. Like, it doesn't need to make. It doesn't need to be the most comprehensive plotting. It just needs no. to move, and it definitely does that. Yes. Yeah. I, I think the movie's split into three parts. Um, yep. First part is the intro up to Fridge Gate, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Second bit is Mutt. Um, third bit is now we're really on gas and we're off in the jungle and it never stops until the end. Yeah. So th- for me, there's like three logical bits. And if we tack them in that way yeah. for the purposes of runtime, are you guys okay with Yeah, absolutely. That? Yeah, fine, yeah. So, uh, Chris, what did you think about the first third, the opening, like the, the sort of the cold open and, and yeah. welcome back to the Indiana Jones world? I think that's the strongest part of the film uh, and also the sort of uh, the most interesting, uh, with the exception of the CGI uh, you know, straight off the the, uh, the you know the reassuring font, you know the score, the, the, the you know the original Paramount kind of oh, logo. Yeah. So it's all you know, all lovely stuff. 
Uh, and then the intrigue of the soldiers, uh, you know, uh, breaking into this, and then obviously the reveal that it's, you know, early 51. All that, I think, is, is, is really great. And you, you sort of see, oh, they're going, like I said, they're going through that kind of, like, 50s alien invasion kind of, you know, vibe, you know, sci-fi vibe. And I, I, I love that. Great set piece uh, to, to, to open up with some really clever stuff, particularly with, like, the gunpowder and, and how he finds what it is that, that they're looking for. And again, a series of really good set pieces um, that follow in terms of, you know, the action moves along really. And it's like, this is like, oh, we've not forget, forgotten how to shoot uh, an Indiana Jones action scene. It feels like that's very much, you know, here's a bit on the back of a truck and here's that sort of thing. But then when, when you get, for me, the highlight is when you get, when he, when he realizes he's in, he's in the, basically the nuclear zone for, for a, a bomb test, that it's all very, obviously all very clinical and suddenly realizes where he is that i think there's there's a lot going on there and i would actually like to spend more time on that set yeah him hiding out maybe having you know some fights with you know the russians and stuff feels that that bit feels a bit rushed and it's such a a great idea you know obviously the panic of you know kind of nuclear war kicking in during that period and it just being visually really interesting you know everything's just sparking new and then suddenly it's all like these dummies it's all something's like some sort of lynch film <laughs> you know? yeah it's like a an uncanny valley mm. of spielbergian is, suburbs yes. isn't it like it is, which is yeah it, just, it really is yeah just really and he knows that and what i will say to chris's point as well like and we when we did remember rob when we did the lost world jurassic park way yeah, back yeah. a film that was not critically liked at all yeah and we said this with Spielberg, is like even in his lesser films, even when he's perhaps not firing on all cylinders, does anybody shoot action better mm. than this guy? Like I don't think so. And you know, no one's gonna put this in Spielberg's top ten or anything like that. So or maybe even in his top fifteen. But the way that he shoots the action and the geography and the fact that he's shooting around a 65-year-old Harrison Ford as well, yeah. and it doesn't look like he's compensating no, for no. that at all. And I must say as well, 65 years old, Harrison Ford looks absolutely Top dynamite. shot as well. Great. Absolutely. Yeah, in great shape. And like now, yeah. obviously as well, what you've got to put into context is this comes out before all the Jerry action Stuff mm. you know with Taken yeah, and the Expendables yeah, yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. So yeah, like, yeah. You can't have a new Anne Jones being sixty-five years old. And uh, I think we've got a fourth Expendables film coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I must be four hundred years old. <laughs> did, did you read that fact that um, Harrison Ford had kept himself in such good nick that yeah. um, his measurements, costume measurements, were the same in this film as they were for Raiders? Absolutely outstanding, yeah. And he looks the he looks the business. Yeah. He's Indiana he Jones. Does, he turns yeah. up. They pull him out the boot. He puts his fedora on. Right, he's oh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, look, it's a uh, shame uh, he has it, to speak to Ray Winston. But oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, yes. For me, he. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. A bit of a bugbear for me. Yes, I would say he is the most irritating element of this film. <laughs> yeah, and that is including CGI monkeys. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a few too many sidekicks in yes. one too many sidekicks in mm-hmm. this film, and we, I mean he he just adds nothing to the he doesn't if he wasn't there you wouldn't even notice to be perfectly honest like well, he has no impact on the no. plot really and the whole double agent not yeah double, double agent, agent triple agent just, yeah 
Yeah, and him shouting, Sorry. Do you remember that period yeah. in the 2000s when, when all of a sudden Ray Winston went from, like, English hard man actor to mm. being in, like, all the great American filmmakers' movies all of a sudden? Like, he does The Departed, he's in... Yeah. I know Zemeckis isn't one of the great American filmmakers, but he's, in, he's the lead in Beowulf where they inexplicably make him look like Sean Bean instead I'm of just so casting sorry. Sean I, Bean. I, I think he might be, James. He um, used to be, he's not anymore. Right, I'm, I'm going to... <laughs> Now frantically thinking about what what will keep this dream alive for me, but um, yeah, I, but I do agree. I found I found it particularly grating. And yes, the character serves no purpose because he turns that many times that the result yeah. is net zero. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, yeah. Doesn't actually add anything. Like, to, and the thing you is, know, remember everyone has that theory that um, if Indiana Jones had done nothing in Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> the, the outcome yeah. would have been exactly the same. I, I don't buy that. I think it's bullshit. But um, they, they wouldn't have found it for starters. Exactly. <laughs> so there's so that. Um, um, but. Um, Ray Winston, if you took him out of this film, <laughs> everything literally would have played out exactly. Well, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't go any different. Like it doesn't yeah. go any, even like well, no, it, it, it's splitting hairs to yeah. talk about this. But but, but yeah, so you absolutely right. No, that's a that's a that's a black mark against. But this like film. when but so is what, he any more annoying than Capture or Short Round? This is the. <laughs> See, I don't think Capture's annoying. No, no, no. She's a bit shrieky. But that's the whole point. <laughs> she's meant. She's meant to be. She's. She's. Uh, yeah. She's Stacey Sultan from *A View to a Kill*, isn't she? She's the same kind of. She is. She's completely yeah, she out is, of yeah. the deck. And what else? Yeah. You know, she's a nightclub singer. She's mm. uh, screaming, and it sort of harks back to the yeah. damsel in distress yeah. type thing. But I can understand why it is annoying. What I would say is it's not the first time that there's been an irritating sidekick in an Indiana well, Jones picture. this is also yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> short Round is amazing. We will not have anything said against Short Round. He's kind of annoying. <laughs> well, James, uh, um, forgive me, but you quoted him in one of the greatest moments of all time. In a, Yeah, I mean, uh, that is a tremendous <laughs> line, but... <laughs> No time for love. Uh, I did anyway. not do the accent. <laughs> <laughs> not on the record. Uh, so, uh, right. I think there's something wonderful about Indiana Jones in Area 51. And this is mm-hmm. another oh, question yeah. that I'd like to bring I mean, up. Rob, this work, must work well for you with the whole UFO alien Oh, yeah. Angle. Because for me, it's it's logical. Indiana Jones is, is an archaeologist that goes after... Um, insane flights of fantasy essentially yeah. he's a man of science who frequently encounters the supernatural and the other of course like why would he not be involved with aliens so many of the reviews today that i saw were like you know like oh this is where you know indiana jones fought aliens and it was stupid like why is it any less stupid than going into a cave or like and finding a million uh, year uh, old uh, knight yes, exactly. is that, like, is this Surely that's a little more stupid, you know, like, uh, whereas, you know, like, oh, dear. Anyway, but but, but like, I, so I, I never had a problem with the alien thing. Did you no, guys? No, neither did I. No, never bumped no, on that at all. Because because it set out to, to be, you know, it, 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 you know, near this goes to the, you know, the, the mass pretty early on, the fact that he's in Area 51, that you've got him, you know, recalling, he was there at the alien autopsy, the infamous alien yeah, autopsy, yeah. you know, that he, you know, Roswell... Is that the Mexico. one Ant and Deck went to? Yeah, the Ant and Deck one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, that, that again, because of the, because of the period of the shot, it, it, it is, it's, that's what was happening in the culture, in the same way that you see 
you know, the jocks and the greasers when Mutz in later, it is taking yeah, yeah. into account the, yes. the period that it's made. And I think that was really clever. I would have liked Absolutely. them to have done more with that sci-fi 50s in that kind yeah. of modern setting rather than go, kind of going back to running around yeah. caves and, you know, fall, things falling around. And stuff. But, but that's almost like sort of the the limitations of the framework of a uh, Indiana Jones uh, film, isn't it? Because at the same time, you're talking about this mythical artifact mm -hmm. that they're chasing and whether it has these powers. And it's only revealed at the end yeah. to be something that is supernatural. So yeah. even though they'd probably want to explore more around the interdimensional beams, as John Hurt calls them later, <laughs> they can't really because you have to suspend that. He has to be a sceptic about whether it is real or not, which at this point you think he wouldn't be too sceptical about anything no. after all the shit he's seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, why would you even question it? You watched the dude get his face melted. <laughs> why are you even asking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, I, I love that, the fact that, because for a lot of people, the alien thing is a bugbear. It's, it's such a weird thing to mm. bang up against that. It is, isn't it? Got it, Winston, it really is. Like, yeah, when Ray Winston's right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's so true um the fridge let's talk the fridge let's talk the fridge because people lost their fucking minds yeah, about the fridge yeah. yes it would have hurt start of a 10 it would have hurt a lot <laughs> i mean yeah in real life he would have been liquefied, right? We understand this, right? The <laughs> sheer velocity in the G's of being <laughs> blasted out of that town in a lead, <laughs> lead fridge. He would have been a bag of mush with a fedora on top <laughs> when, <laughs> once he landed. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's no dispute in that, but it's an Indiana... Realism is not the... But, you know, the fridge is lead line. It, it was literally. Yeah, they put it if, in the script we, as well. Yeah, like it, yeah. if we're if we're sticking with film language, that's how he survives. It says it's lead yeah. line, and he survives because it's lead line. How he kept hold that 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 door shut from the inside. <laughs> <is beyond laughs> me. It's all that off of body strength. And stuff. But yeah, yeah. I, again, it, it's it's for me, it's the right side of silly that. Yeah, because it's like it's like oh well, lead. What can you? What would that protect you from? Oh right. And him being blown away from it. Yeah. And clearly, he's going up with like leukemia for breathing in all that kind of nuclear fallout. But you know, obviously not because he's still alive. He's going to make a new one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most unrealistic aspect. I mean, I suppose one way that they could have done it is that the whole town was decimated, and the only thing that was left standing was the lead fridge that he was inside, and then. Yeah. Then the guys come in the in the radio, uh, you know, the radiation suits, and yeah, because he gets picked up by the FBI, doesn't he? After that, he does, yeah, yeah. So maybe that would have been a more less visually spectacular, but more quote unquote realistic. I think you could have still made it very visually spectacular to do that, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, and also um, slightly more Indiana Jones. Oh, it's incredible, it? yeah. And the, we, we, you see the the mushroom. Oh, the mushroom cloud. That's probably yeah. one of the best shots I think yeah. of, the, of the film. I, I mean, I go oh, I, I, in the cinema. I went, oh, it's a bit stupid, but I don't care. Like, it's yeah, a it's not blockbuster. a hill I'm going to die on. He just he jumped out of a plane two films ago on, exactly. a, on a water raft. <laughs> you know, yeah. Do you think that that audiences back then were possibly more demanding of their blockbusters? Just because I see some of the stuff in these superhero films, yeah. and Fast and Furious films, and no one bats an eye at them. But everybody absolutely lost their minds about the fridge 
yeah. nuking the fridge it it became for you know yeah. they tried to make it replace jumping the shark but that, yeah. that hasn't happened but people lost their minds about it and i just don't understand it's like two it's like five seconds in this two-hour movie if i could say i think that possibly um while i really like that south park episode it made me laugh a lot yeah i think that also nuked the fridge you know, like oh, yeah, it went yeah. too soon on on like something that while we were all I don't know. Indi- this is just like more testament to just how loved Indiana Jones is as a creation. I think that it had that knee knee jerk reaction at the time, and now that like more time has passed, we're all a little bit more like, yeah, it was all right, wasn't it? You know, but like that also, kind of thing. Like you know, like we don't need to be that like insane about it. Yeah, yeah and I think that everyone likes you know every year there's a film that everyone loves to give a good kicking to. And it's yeah. not necessarily the worst film of the year, or it's mm-hmm. justified, but there's usually something, isn't there? You know, and particularly with like a bit modern blockbusters and franchises, mm. like yeah. that, the Marvel ones, that I can't, Eternals or something, which they got, you know, everyone complained about and all the fans hated it. Yeah. And I, I bet it's not, I've not seen it, but I bet it's not as bad as some of the other guff that's come out recently, no. you know? Exactly, yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, to tell you how how hard some of this stuff is to do, I saw the Uncharted film last year, right? Now, you want to see a bad adventure treasure hunt movie, (laughs) Mm -hmm. go and watch that, because that thing is absolutely dreadful, and Mm -hmm. that's got way more ridiculous stuff in it than jumping a fridge and Shia LaBeouf swinging around with some monkeys, (laughs) right? And, And it's not even fun. Yeah, <laughs> all well shot, all well made. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, so yeah, I I I, I do agree. I, d- I do agree. Um, just while we're talking that, I just went and had a look um, on about Uncharted. You know, just for comparison's sake, forty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety percent audience score. Right. Well, if you're telling me that that's a better film than this one, I will yeah. eat my hat. Frankly, I'll, I'll eat, eat my, my fedora. <laughs> yes, buddy. Yes, one of one of us had to crack it. Yes. <laughs> so, Indy's back at university, um, doing the lovely Indiana Jones being a teacher thing in gorgeous yeah. suits, and you know, just the whole setting is so comforting and nice. Um, one thing this film doesn't do is it doesn't stick around very long in like a boredom sense. It no. rattles, doesn't it? It goes so quick. There's about three scenes of exposition in the whole film, and then yeah, the, the, any additional exposition is sort of done while they're on the run or raiding a tomb. Or yeah, always interesting and moving, and there's a real sense of propulsion with this film. I think. Agree. Yeah, yeah. It's um, like, like I was saying before about like how we paced the action, and 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 not just the set pieces, just like conversations. Like there's always the oh, like I said, there's always movement. We're always going somewhere else. We found out something else, and that this is what's going to happen now. And even in the quiet moments, more and more it's kind of like being revealed. Like we, like and uh, I actually I hadn't realised just how gruesome the film was. Yeah. Did you watch it? Did you watch it with your son? He has seen it before. Okay. Um, but the, it was more to do with like the the uh, with, with the bar fight. And not, like someone gets glassed at the side of the head. I was just like, what? <laughs> 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 Chairs are being picked up and smashed over heads and stuff like that. Like, 
Yeah, people yeah. are just like, you know, like, yeah, we'll knife them. Like, what? <laughs> no, whoa, 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 whoa. LaBeouf. Right, LaBeouf. How do we – right. Let's let's talk about this because this is another divisive uh, yes. issue. Um, Shia LaBeouf. Um, Controversial figure, I would say, due to yes. off-screen misdeeds. Yeah, you know, I don't know where Shire is at. These, but he's very clearly a, quite a troubled guy. If you've seen the film that was based on his yeah. childhood, he's uh, he had a bit of a rough time of it growing up by the looks of things. And yeah, he, this sort this film, he, Spielberg loved him. He put him in the Transformers franchise, which he is a producer of still to this day. <laughs> yeah, um, and he he you know, he picked him for this role as well, which is, spoilers, Indiana Jones's son. And then Shire just couldn't keep his mouth shut after the film came out and sort of trashed the movie and trashed what they were doing and just basically poisoned his relationship with Spielberg and sort of nosedived his own career in the in the process. I think he made one Transformers film after this, which he was contractually obligated to do because obviously he signed mm. up for three and then they jettisoned him and he's not worked with Spielberg since and I don't think he's made a film uh, approaching th- the size of those films since no it's 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 a, for me this is a sadness this this mm-hmm. whole thing's a sadness um uh, Chris what do you how, how where do you sit on on Shia LaBeouf in this movie I I I I think it's Perfectly fine, isn't it? Same, quite, same actually. Like, quite I agree. likable yeah. at, at, at times. Yeah. His character isn't particularly great, and that's not no, no. fault of his. Yeah, he doesn't have a huge amount to, to do with it. Um, but I don't. I've always sort of. He seems less. He has that kind of. He has less of that jittery kind of like. Yes, he's been at the you know sherbet dip. You know, it's not a euphemism. We mean, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In Transformers, he's very much like, yeah, he's just like, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's just like, it's hyper. Yeah, it's just like, just calm down, mate. In this, he is a little bit more kind of considered. I, I, he just at times come across as you know, as, as quite likable, and uh, I can understand what they were trying to do with, with that character, but he just just doesn't go anywhere, and there's some sort of. You know, people complain about the, you know, the rationale, you know, the the, the rationale behind the the, uh, the fridge. But why on earth would you take a motorbike to the jungle? That's the thing that I struggle with the most. Like, what, on earth? what are you going to achieve? That you know, but really, I think I, I don't have a problem with it. I think again, there are a few moments where he just gets beaten with, and obviously the monkey bit is the one that is. It, it, yeah. it was the biggest offender. Which won't which isn't his idea. He didn't write the screenplay, no. he didn't direct the film. No, not at all. <laughs> and if Steven Spielberg says you swing you in monkeys, you're swinging with monkeys. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Steven Spielberg yeah. draws week and says it's a great idea. Like, <laughs> yeah. all, right. all right, I'm sure it'll look great when it's finished. Yeah. And no, I'll look you a bit smile dopey. and start swinging against that green screen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think he gets I think he's better in the first hour of the film yes. than he is in the second hour because he gets sort of swamped and lost. Amongst, because he there's four sidekicks by the time yes, we exactly. get to the yeah, second yeah. half. He's got nothing to do anymore. He's, but, he, because he is introduced as the sidekick, and there's a shot where they're, I think they're in the uh, in one of the towards the end in, in, in that floating car thing. It's like how many people are in that car? This like, exactly. like everyone's. <laughs> <laughs> we get a camera. <laughs> 
No, it's very true. I, I, as a sort of slight, slight other look at it, I think that yes, he's got more to do in the first half, but I think he's more likable in the second. Yeah, because that's when you know spoilers. Karen Allen mm-hmm. turns up, and you see that he's a yeah. good son, and like yeah, yeah. starts behaving himself, stops getting his flick knife out. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, because obviously, I mean, that's a problematic thing to be doing. Um, uh, incidentally, uh, that sequence at the university. I really like, and I've loved always it. really liked. I loved, loved it at it. the time, and I love it now. The um, even you know the the stuff in the uh, the milkshake shop, the diner, yeah, yeah, the diner. Thank you, milkshake shop. <laughs> Those a thing? I don't know. Anyway, stuff in the diner when they sort of uh, you know the the division between the two camps emerged. It's pure Spielberg loveliness. Yeah, that. there's some like, lovely choreography going on on the table really is, just behind there, them yeah. while they're doing their yeah. MacGuffin exhibition. Yeah, yeah. And it's like um, the guy hit him. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's just great. It calls him I, Joe Collins before he hit Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's great. I, I honestly, I love, I love all that stuff very, very much. Um, I, and then when I, I think that the film doesn't look, looks at his absolute most premium during this period. You know, like First just hour, section yeah, film, yeah, yeah. like with the the pastel colours of the fifties. You know, like I th- always thought Indiana Jones was great at, at bringing the um, colour palette of the era out. Yeah, um, I thought the fifties looks amazing here. And when he goes into the um, university library. Just it, it, this is great. This is Indiana Jones. Just yeah, and I, I quite liked a bit of an action sequence where he's in his lovely in, um, tweeds. Tweeds. Sorry, this idiot just walked in. <laughs> Sorry, I just uh, like totally thrown. Like just jumped up next to me and stared at me in the eye. Weebesh, go, go, go. Did you pick up that you know that what another great way of we slides underneath the table? Yeah, superb. Did, I, maybe it was just me, but the, the, the way that the ta- table grows sounds like the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so many great sounds in it. Because I think it's at this point in the film, isn't it, when they do the Wilhelm scream? Yeah, you get a Wilhelm scream in the so, library. Some geezer who's so... reading the ball like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah. Everything about that sequence is just spot on. And then the kid asking him the question. Yep. Uh, um, you know about his paper and which books he should read. Yeah. Get out of the library. Yeah, yeah. You know, get out the library. You're gonna yeah. get in the field. This is a, this is a kid's pair of Y fronts. The dog is trying to eat. Look at the right. Stop. Ah, you can't argue with that. Sorry. They go to Peru. They right. go to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they go to Peru, and for some reason, Mutt, as he's known, takes his bike. Um, is anyone in the world not thinking at this point that? He's, that he's not Indiana James's son. Well, we know all this as well, right? Mm. The thing is, the problem with modern-day movie marketing is they have to entice you with so much, right? We knew Karen Allen was in the film. Like, yeah. you know, so from a screenwriting point of view, you're like, oh, this is a great reveal on page 60. This is a midpoint twist. Like, oh, Karen Allen is revealed. But we know she's been on the publicity tour. We've seen yeah. her in the trailer. Like so, we know that Shia LaBeouf is Indiana Jones's son, and we know that he is Marion Ravenwood's son as well. Mm. Otherwise, why would you bring <laughs> why would you bring Karen Allen back? Because that again, she's completely underserved by yes. the screenplay. She doesn't get yeah. to do anything remotely close to what she does in Raiders. Um, you know, it's so disappointing given that I think she's one of the one of the greatest female characters in in block in a, in a in a blockbuster, you know. I mean, a, she's a, like, a, along with like what, Sigourney Weaver, she's like the yeah. queen of eighties American exactly, movies. Yeah. Like, 
uh, who every every boy had a crush on after yeah. after seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm sure. Very true. And they go on their first sort of like grave diving adventure. Yeah. Is that what you would call it? Bit of tomb raiding, yeah. I would call Bit it. Bit of tomb raiding, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and um, I, again, just enjoyed all of this. There's some crisp martial artists who are protecting the the tomb for Ooh, yeah. reasons that right. are unclear. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think one of them might be Kino from um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Oh, 2. fantastic. Is he yeah. the one who gets the re- dart reversed back into his gob? Uh, it might be. <laughs> Not sure. I'm sure he's one of them. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, greatness of um, returning characters in the cinematic universe I adore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um, they basically they do some jiggery pokery around in the yes. tomb and they find the skull and then they're like, we have to go to the rainforest to find Ox mm-hmm. and um, Mutt's mother who we can't possibly... You know, Mary, I think she's a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so anyway, they go off to the jungle and they get captured. Oh, no, they get captured coming out of the tomb, don't they? They do, they do. And this is, again, like like you say, exposition is handled in asides, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. just like, hey, we've got to go here because they've got the thing over there. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. And um, we get a bit more time with uh, Irina Spalco. What do you think about Kate Blanchett in this film, Chris? What do you think? Oh, the highlight of this. I think she's a great villain. I think she's, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. You know, you could have done more with her. Um, but, you know, I think she's um, interesting. She looks fantastic in this with the hair, the severe haircut. Or yeah. Almost looks like one of the aliens, in fact. You know, um, I think she's, um, yeah, yeah, she's got has and gets stuck in with you know, like the, 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 the sword fight and stuff, and just yeah, an interesting, an interesting villain. And it's nice that it is that it is a woman, agree. So, yeah, I think Blanchett is good again, a bit of an underwritten role. She's just sort of a psychic warfare KGB agent and yes she wants the crystal skull because she thinks it'll learn take them to a higher learning is this correct or yeah i think whatever. Like her- she wants the MacGuffin and she's going to do whatever she can yeah it's oddly it. for this it's never you know like in um raiders for example it's not raiders yeah. uh, last crusade it's always like you know well hitler wants this because he can take over the world better with it you know yeah. that kind of thing in this that's never mentioned it's just like they absolutely want it it's the um, same motivation though reading between is, the but, lines isn't it it's but, like but, between the lines yes but not from her yeah, yeah you know she she her motivation is like Endless knowledge is what it's like. Show me everything, kind of thing. You know, I, I don't think it's power for her. I want to know. Yeah, I don't think it's power for her. I think yeah. it's more just like she's as one. You know, uh, intoxicated with wonder as we are, and as Indiana Jones is. But yeah. she's on the sort of like the wrong side of the narrative, goody baddie divide. Yeah, doesn't she say something about like wanting it for, for almost like? Uh, to, to control the masses to make people think so. Well, it's oh, like well, a bit I missed of a, that. A so I take it all back. <laughs> I take I'm it sure all this, back. there's a bit where you know that using the skulls to basically yeah, like mind control essentially. Yes. Um, oh sheesh, I missed all and, that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, and then oh, because obviously that like, again, like during like the the 50s and 60s or like what they call height the, of the Cold War. Yeah. 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 Five, four, three, two. What was it? You know the CIA. <laughs> You know, basically yeah. the stuff that turned that was eventually, uh, you know, adapted into, you know, uh, born identity. You know, this idea of, you know, getting, you know, like 
brainwashing soldiers to do yeah, something it comes from that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I think it's, 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 yeah, it's a really good it's film. It's a very similar uh, plot to Batman Forever when you think about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a film. <laughs> Basically, Spalco's got the same idea as the Riddler in Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, but, um, this comes up to one of the the, the biggest bugbears that people have. Yes. And it's the monkey sequence. Yes. So we they escape the camp, and then they get captured again. Then they escape the camp again, getting some vehicles. Mm. Um, and yeah, the, the, to be honest with you, this chase, because I remember this being a massive bugbear for me, because this is where the swinging with the monkeys... Comes mm. in. Also, the fencing across the uh, the vehicles, but not so much because of the idea of fencing across vehicles, but just because of the green screen looks really mm-hmm. shonky. Yes, during this, um, may I throw in as well, James? Sorry, I'm so sorry, but because I, I think we're on the same page here, can I throw in the the testicular injuries via like gr- grapefruity things or yeah, yeah, yeah. trees? Mm-hmm. The, uh, yeah, there's no physicality to those nut shots. I really want to feel it. I want Shire to really sell it. I want squibs going off in Shire's underpants like that poor bagman in the way of the gun. (laughs) You imagine if a squib like he's like a blood pack. (laughs) Well, he's burst one. (laughs) He's burst one of the chaps. (laughs) But I think the. The actual sequence is good because when they're in the vehicles, you know, obviously they shot it, you know, kind of, none of this film is shot on location. Uh, it's all shot in America. Like, so it's shot like Hawaii standing in for Peru and, and all this sort of stuff. And because Spielberg didn't want to go and away from his family for like months on end, which shows that he's probably mellowed a little bit from the filmmaker who made those original (laughs) Indiana Jones movies. Um, And yeah, you can tell that part of this has been shot in a soundstage and with a lot of green screen, but the actual stunt work within it, you know, the traversing between the vehicles and thumping of Mac and thumping of Indy is like actually pretty well done, to be fair, in terms of the shot selections and the the camera moves and all that sort of stuff. It's just that the green screen looks a bit shonky, and I'm not sure it looked great at the time, to be honest. It never did. For me, it never did. But that's just me. Chris, what do you think? Did you did it ever? Did you ever look at this and think, "Whoa, that guy really swung the monkeys"? No, I think that that was always an indelible image of the film or memory. Is is that kind of? And I've got to admit, I'm not. A massive fan of um, Kaminsky's work with Spielberg because he, because of everything he does has that similar, slightly off sort of sheen and, and you know with the with the use of light it looks a bit I don't I can't it's really difficult to describe but yeah, he like works bleaches re- the image doesn't he a lot yeah it really works light. really well in Minority Report um, but with this it just doesn't yeah and I think on top with with the CG, poor CGI on top. It kind of it, it gives this sort of. I, I'm so detached from it because it feels like a cut scene. I'm not, you know, like I say the staging and everything is is, is yeah. really good. The st- you know that you know that 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 stuntman has been thrown off this and that you know the sort yeah. all that is believable. It's just like I say the, the, 
the I don't know. I just I just can't. Well, it feels swampy. I don't know. I can't. I can't quite describe. Well, I, I agree with you. I think I think uh, the so when they get driving, it's fabulous, mm-hmm. yeah. and then it's when like the, the 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 like things start getting almost too much for a standard like stunt setup for a film yep. to handle. Yeah. The I mean, maybe we should just we, we, maybe we should ask our friend John Orty whether he knows anything about this. But like yeah. he this this when it starts to separate and they go in different tracks and all this kind of stuff and the jungle. Yeah, I mean, like the fact that they're not in the jungle becomes painfully obvious. Yeah, and also kind of painful to watch. Yeah, um, and it and it's a sadness because the the stuff that we remember is Shirley Buff with his quiff. And a monkey with a quiff looking at each other, and then deciding <laughs> the they're going to be bros. The monkey with a quiff is quite funny to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looks like a real monkey. It's the most amazing technology. Oh, anyway. I think he is a real monkey, and then oh, the rest right, of okay. us. <laughs> <laughs> but that—that that is, it's the moment when Shia LaBeouf emerges from the trees, and he has five or six monkeys mm-hmm. swinging with him. Yeah, I can understand a lot of people turning off or yeah. or, or switching off and thinking this is just gone this is the last straw now. Point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've had yeah, right yeah. enough of this. When in fact, that the whole monkey escapade is about seventy seconds of the film. If that, I mean, it's yeah. In terms it, of actual it, screen so time great. for the crappy CGI monkeys, it's probably ten seconds. <laughs> it really is, yeah. Yeah. And when I say seventy seconds, that's when they first appear versus yeah. when he ends up in the car with them. Exactly. In yeah. a minute's time, they do look like monkeys from the uh, from the Robin Williams Jumanji, <laughs> which was made about what fourteen years before this. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's not good, and, and it's sad. It's sad. Snip it, just snip it. Yeah, no, it's um, not a great just, idea. I, I just, yeah. I mean, I, the, the only reason I think it must have stayed in is because they must have spent fortunes on it. But yeah. like, just narratively, just take the monkeys out of it. I'll, I'll just take, take them out. The, I'll take the swinging of the vines, whatever it's. It's Indiana Jones. He swings on his whip all the time. Like, I'll take yeah. that. It's the, the the monkeys, but this is the thing. This is this particular sequence. This ten seconds of screen time soured me against the entire film more than the fridge, yeah. more than Ray Winston. Yeah, this I was like, this is rubbish. It's it's objectively no, right. not good. Because from this point, I yeah. love everything. Yeah. Again, like I've Apart got no weird CGI tree. That's rubbish as well. Well, you know when they go off the, it's after the ants. The ants are ace, oh, by the way. The ants are great. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I got, I got from seriously in the second half of the film. That might be the only thing that is like it is so like gut wrenchingly off and what. Yeah. Like, and it's just all that is is a filmmaking choice. It's mm-hmm. a filmmaker's choice, mm-hmm. and it just happens to be a very expensive one and one that he'd committed to. And uh, if we want to enjoy the movie, we have got to watch it. And so, unfortunately, he designed the entire sequence around it, so he couldn't really snip. Around yeah, it, yeah, but but like it, when you watch the sequence, though, it doesn't have to be so integral. No, it doesn't. No, like yeah. he just he falls off the thing. Like, yeah. uh, why don't you make him do an indie thing and look at the map and go, "Hang on a minute, it's it's a U bend where I am." Yeah. Something kept more character driven. Yeah. yeah, if I just what w- pop through here, not like, hey, this guy's got a quiff. Maybe yeah. monkeys have got that. Well, uh, yeah, anyway, anyway, it's all bad about it. It's the monkey swinging with him. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, or making more of a joke of it, like. In the in the opening, where he thinks, "Oh, I thought that truck was closer than you know." He's, yeah, he's yeah, trying yeah. to you know make a thing. You know, it would make yeah. more sense to to have him try and replicate something that, as we know, you know his father would do. Like you say, exactly, get the whip yeah. and swing to get onto it. You, 
swinging yeah. through with vines and stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's just, again, it's just too much. And I, I, I you know, yeah. there's a lot of, you know, when you hear, you know, the relationship, working relationship between Lucas and Spielberg, Spielberg's always saying, you know, I do whatever George tells me to do. On these films. And I think that that does come across at times, but I think that's definitely yeah. a George idea there. So should Spielberg not have gone, look, George, we're pals, but let's let's have it right. I'm better than CGI monkeys. I'm better than you at this, right? And the last great film you were involved in was one that I directed, so why don't you just <laughs> yeah, yeah. trust me that I know what I'm doing yeah. and let me get on with this? Because yeah. I'd heard that he had he had like more creative control over the like the first half of this film. Mm-hmm. than he did on the latter, on the second half and that kind of makes sense and also it's quite telling mm-hmm. that he, he hasn't done the new uh, new film yeah because he probably maybe he didn't enjoy maybe it was well, very much they like, are oh, best oh, friends. Right, George I'll come back for another one yeah and mm-hmm. George isn't involved and also we do have to take into account that it's Lucasfilm who makes these yeah. films so it's mm. not just a case of going up yours George I'm the greatest filmmaker ever <laughs> it's, it's like he's literally financing the films <laughs> was, uh, yeah it's more than just he's like dealing with the head of the studio and a producer at the yeah. same time no you, you you're right i think do you think that if instead of having this sequence right uh and i don't mean the whole action sequence i just mean the monkey bit yeah instead of doing that instead of having what if he found I don't know. Like he's he's just scrabbling, you know, like, and he finds a vine. And what if he like uses a whip, yeah, exactly, to grab yeah. something and yeah. swings? Like, and I'm not saying that's the gap. Better people can come up with a better gag than me for that. Yeah. But for me, I think this moment is the difference between it being a four star and a two star movie for a lot of people. Mm. Yes, absolutely. I think yeah. at this point they they turn on the film. Yeah. yeah. At this point, because they've seen Shia LaBeouf going through the trees with CGI monkeys. Yeah. Anyway, we, we, we've, 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 you know, it's... We've this given this airtime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we understand that the CGI monkeys are not very good. Like, <laughs> we, <laughs> we get it. Um, yeah. And then, um, uh, right, so everything else from here, yeah, I, I love it all. The answer's um, great. I, that's proper indie that's stuff. That's great. That. Um, super indie stuff. We've not mentioned John Hurt, who's just been a gibbering idiot for the entire... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for all the screen time. Like a, He's kind of like he's like carrying a key, isn't he? Yeah. That is he's gone very key master in uh, <laughs> yeah in Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. You the key master. He's got a one track mind, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, b- b- yeah, bizarre and bananas, but, but, but all, uh, uh, the set the, the, again. There is a syn- syntheticness to some of the set work here that doesn't look quite right. No, because the, in, generally like, speaking, the production design is really good on this movie. Like, the oh, tombs totally. all look, uh, look totally. amazing. They're all very practical and have weight to them. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's like when he gets out in these exterior like, hmm. environments. And you know when he was on set, he was like, oh, shit, should have shot this on location. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He knows. I do completely He's not agree. stupid. He's like, ah, I wanted to see my kids. Oh, dang it. I should have <laughs> shot this on, I should have shot it on location, really. Well, uh, yeah, but uh, again, I don't think because some of the visuals that you get are outstanding. That oh, you get. yeah, but um, so the at the end, I mean, like, so they take the crystal skull to yeah. the thing, and this is what this is all about. We take the crystal skull to the thing, and we found this ancient treasure, the treasurer's yeah. knowledge. Max being a dick again, he's le- leaving trackers everywhere so the Russians oh, can follow yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Like that's his only contribution to the entire plot, mm. and you could have easily wrote Basically around is. that. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely right. Um, and 
they get to this chamber with all the alien, bo- sorry, interdimensional being bodies, and they all sort of like morph into kind of one. And yeah, they're like a hive mind, aren't they? So they've yeah. all been sat there waiting for this crystal skull to be because it was buried in that tomb in Peru, which is where Ox found it in the first place. And yes. when he realised the Russians were after him, he put it back, and then that's when Indy finds it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, blah blah blah. I think that's right. Anyway, something uh, like that. Uh, and anyway, that's been missing for like hundreds of years or whatever. And they've just been sat there chilling, waiting for this new, to make them, a co- the aliens only work as a collective when all yes. 12 of them or however many is there. And they become, it, they return the head, don't they? And it's like, um, mm. the aliens want to thank you. Um, they want to give you a gift. And she's like, uh, and Spalco's, turned up at this point. They've executed a load of tribes people as well, which was out of order, but, you know, KGB gonna KGB, I suppose. <laughs> uh, no argument, yeah. Um, <laughs> Disgraceful bit. And it becomes like the, almost at the end of um, Spielberg's AI, gets a bit like, you know, with the, the alien or whatever it is yeah. that shows him around. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's an alien. Isn't it? Yeah, it's it a is. little, little uh, green man. Well, not um, little, um, tall. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm absolutely amazed that people have ne- I've never seen it mentioned anywhere. I'm sure someone, I'd love for someone to point this out to me to prove that I'm not going mad. But this is the same universe as Close Encounters of the Third Kind because they're the same, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Like, the, 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 when the, the ship, or, yeah, you know, starts the lights that break through the, yeah. the, the crumbling stones, yeah. which is amazing, by the way. And for 2008, <laughs> that was one hell of a shot. Imagine if they've come back in time and it's like you just see Richard Dreyfus hanging out. Yeah, like, stumble, I yeah. made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Get me out of here. Oh my God. <laughs> Not I just want to eat them. I'll eat the mashed potato. I'll eat the mashed potato. <laughs> they, they, I, again, I just don't have any problem. I'd like a few more, I think. Indie moments in this. I don't know whether that's the right thing to say. He's a like, bit passive, isn't he? In he the, is a bit passive. But then at the same yeah, time, in, he is a bit passive. In Raiders, he's got his eyes shut while he's getting faces melted. Yeah, but he's so involved right up to that point. Yeah. Um, whereas in this, it's just like he's standing there going, like, hey, they want knowledge. Like, oh my God, it's falling down. Let's get outside. Oh, we're outside now. Wow, they've gone. The, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the like, visual effect, it. we've had sort of. Shit on a lot of the visual effects here, but there's That's the but there's flying yeah. saucer it coming is. out of there, and then oh, it's amazing, and then the amazing waterfalls collapsing in there. It's yeah. like uh, it's like taking a broom to their footprints. I think is what um, yeah yeah what John Hurt says, which is yes a lovely little line, and uh, yeah, mm. and like Harrison Ford's like reactions to the scale there, but you only yeah, see him from the a, back. He's, he's just brilliant. Yeah, he? just he's there, just like in the foreground. It's very rare that you can, uh, as a uh, a film goer, you can find like solace and enjoyment and love just watching someone's silhouette. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. it really is, and that's the testament to what they've always done here. Um, gosh, I nearly wax lyrical about about all sorts of other things that I'm going to say for the finale. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, and Indiana Jones is married. He gets married, doesn't he? Yeah. And then Mutt tries to take his hat and he's like, ah, ah, not yet. I've got to do a James Mangold film in 15 years. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I do like James Mangold. He's a really good filmmaker with Mm. a very Mm. eclectic filmography. Mm. So Yes. But I've really enjoyed his life. I thought, you know, I'm not a huge comic book film 
uh, fan, but I really enjoyed Logan. I thought that was excellent. And the Ford versus Ferrari movie mm. was great. And also, you've got Copland and things like that. He's got some right stinkers on his resume as well, but things that I kind of like, like identity and stuff. <laughs> stuff. He's got such I love a... identity. I didn't know he'd done Copland either. Yeah, he's got mm. such a weird filmography. Kate and Leopold is in there as well. Like... <laughs> no, seriously, that's the kind of filmography I'd like if I ever did. If I was yeah, ever yeah, in just I want a bit of all sorts in there. I want oh, to be yes, like yeah, a, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, Walk the Line with Joaquin Phoenix. And that's Reese him as well. Johnny Cash yeah. movie. <laughs> I love a wild schmogger's board. That's so right. Three ten to Yuma, so he's got a Western in there as well. Like he's got I a bit of everything. Guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I loved him, but I love him. Right. So now that we've got to the end of the film, is it is Muck gonna be like um oh what is what's is it Poochie in The Simpsons when they introduce a new <laughs> itchy and scratchy character and it's played by Homer and then to write him out the show they just say uh, I must go back to my home planet now, and then he's just animated out. <laughs> and then, a, then a clip comes up saying that Poochie died on the way back to his home planet. <laughs> Are they just going to do that with Mutt Williams? In the, in the I, 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 truthfully, I, I, this is such a missed opportunity, and I think that I hate to say it. And I don't want to get in any trouble here by saying it, but I think LaBeouf's off-screen antics has influenced the fact that we don't. I think have I think he was done with this franchise anyway, long before the uh, Lucasfilm sale and all that stuff. So, in the- so? theoretically, but because of what he said about the film afterwards yes. and his negative. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, and then obviously I, he's I done, don't mean he's done, anything else. It's allegedly done. More awful. That's what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah. But allegedly, we say we don't. I don't know the facts of that. Uh, and of that, and that is why I'm towing a very careful line yeah. here. But, but yeah, you can't, he, knows, going he, to, he knows his career after after this film, basically. But but if you're going to, I mean, it's a heck of a thing to give someone. Yeah, Indiana Jones's son. Yeah. That's what you're going to be, and poof, what a thing to be given as a young actor. Yeah, and. What a thing to not have anymore as well. Mm-hmm. This must be very hard. But All it seems like hard. they never had any intention of doing another one. Well, Spielberg certainly had no intention really? of doing another one after this one. Because he could have. This film made a huge amount of money. People, he, yeah. It would have got greenlit, no problem. But he, I think he just, he'd grown out of that phase of his career. Mm-hmm. This was sort of a last hurrah. This is the last pure, no, I'd tell a lie. Ready Player One was supposed to be yeah. a... Um, no, no, that's not a very good movie. <laughs> <To be fair. laughs> Never seen. Um, you're not missing much, but yeah, he'd, he'd become <laughs> a much more austere and serious filmmaker, and it felt like a lot of the criticism he seemed to get is like, why is Steven Spielberg making this now? Because it's like he directed the original trilogy. This is his franchise. It's like, yeah. But I think everyone had sort of thought, you know what? He's moved past this now. He's a much more mature filmmaker. And that was part of the backlash. Also, why does this exist? We don't need any more Indiana Jones stories. This is what other people were saying. And, you know, I sort of tend to agree with that. I, I think if it if we'd never got another one after The Last Crusade, I don't think anyone would complain too much. No. Um, but, yeah, I think as well, you know, 
Uh, people did have a huge. It's it's not as prevalent now, but people had a huge problem with Harrison Ford's age in the in this one. So the yeah, idea that a new insane. one's coming out in two weeks when he's <laughs> fifteen years older than when he made this one—it's absolutely literally insane. in his eighties. No, no, like that—that that is insane. But also, <sighs> no. I mean, we're all going, going aren't we? We're all going course, to see it. Of course, yeah, of course. Um, Chris. You're you're sort of like um, the end of this movie, and Mutt Williams and the whole you know the wedding and all that kind of stuff, and whether you think it was primed for any more. Did you think it was or not? Or uh, no, I think uh, I just thought that it was. Well, it's a natural way of concluding that story, isn't it? That, yeah. You know, there's the, the you know, the Last Crusade ends with them riding off the sunset, but it. it you know, in theory, riding off to the next adventure it doesn't mean yes. like it's going going to retirement. There is a there is a lot of him, kind of, you know, the film saying, you know, I need to retire. I'm a bit too old for this. But yeah, the, the, he obviously meets up with Marion again, and I think she it was great to have her back in it. it, 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 it was sort of it's a shame they didn't do anything with her really. Mm. Uh, and the whole kind of something is a bit clunky. But yeah, for it to end with the wedding made uh, makes uh, uh, sense, and then obviously you know for, for the nice little oh will they won't they kind of oh he will be the next Indiana Jones you know Indiana mm. Jones no well but Henry Mutt Jones or whatever his name is at least Henry Jones <laughs> Henry Jones <laughs> yeah, Henry yeah. Jones the third yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you know it's obviously they're just trying to be playful with it but I never thought for a second we were going to get a, a see you know a film with Shia LaBeouf as the as the main protagonist because because it's, uh, Harrison Ford is, is he is Indiana Jones like you would never recast well, I say this now you'd never recast you'd never cast someone as Han Solo you know obviously they did because it's a younger version but you yeah. never mm. do that now you know as a, you know that same kind of time frame um, but yeah it, it ends it ends pretty. Swiftly, it's like everything collapses, which I do wedding, like as well. There's door, I agree, That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah, which you don't really get as much nowadays. The endings tend to be quite drawn out, yeah, yes, exactly. I do like how sort of it's just bang on two hours, this movie, yeah, and very old fashioned in that sense. Like, it's mm. not he's not hanging around, yeah. and Spielberg is not, you know, he's not uh, a stranger to a long runtime. <laughs> he yeah, doesn't mind it, pushing the two and a half hour mark if he like, needs do, to. Yeah. You know, like I always thought, like like certain filmmakers and um, franchises um, earned that two hour runtime. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and in this case, for me, you know, it, it obviously did. I think what we're talking about here is like obviously like the love for ha- um, Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones yeah. is just titanic. It is like he. I think honestly, I, I can't think of a any other character in anything. And listeners, if you'd like to throw in here, I'd love to hear from you about is anyone more loved as a character than Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones? The only one I could think of there's a couple, I'd say Stallone as Rocky and Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. Possibly. Possibly. But the Indiana Jones franchise is a lot more accessible, it's a lot more family orientated. I mean, some people would go, oh, Tony Stark. Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. (laughs) (laughs) Gorgeous voice. Yeah. (sighs) Um, Chris Pratt is Raptor Bro Man in 
<laughs> Instantly, uh, my son uh, saw what was it? Oh, I showed him who voiced Mario in um, sorry Mario in uh, Super Mario Brothers, and um, it's awful for the kids here. I'm saying it all the time; it's dreadful. <laughs> um, but um, he said, "Like oh, that's Owen." At least he knows his character name. <laughs> Does Chris Pat Because I, because literally, I had to call him Raptor Bro guy because I can't remember his character. <laughs> so, um, can I just have right your best bits of the film, uh, James? You, you go first. Like your best bit of uh, Indiana Jones and the uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, so I think we've touched on it, but the campus motorbike chase. Um, is fantastic, you know, the slide under the desks and the Wilhelm scream and him <laughs> answering the question of the student is just fantastic. It's yeah, real yeah, yeah. Proper Indiana Jones stuff. And then my actual, there's a shot in the drag race at the start where the Russian soldiers decide to drag race against the uh, against the American teenagers. And oh, there's yeah. just a really great camera setup where. The camera is sort of dollying between these two cars that are doing, you know, 60, 65 miles per hour. And it's sort of just like dollying in between while reversing in front. It's just (laughs) an incredible camera rig that they must have made for that. It's just a great shot. But to be perfectly honest, it's the Russian getting devoured by ants and then carried (laughs) into the ant hill. With great screams. Indiana Jones always did great screams. Yeah. Great screams in those movies. Uh, awesome. Chris, what was your favourite bit? I think the the, the, the the nuclear test site for me really stands out. I think because it's visually interesting. I think there's a bit of commentary from Spielberg there. Yeah. Uh, it's, like you say, it's a little bit unsettling um, and unexpected. Um, and it's nice to see, uh, you know, Indiana Jones in a contemporary setting is usually, like I say, he's usually running around caves and things. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree that the, the bit round campus is, is a real standout kind of low key uh, set piece. You know, not huge. You know, it's not the end of the world. They're just being chased by a couple of goons in a car. <laughs> the way it's shot, the stunt work with the climbing from the motor, but you're being dragged from the motorbike oh, into the car and then yeah. back out again. Yeah, all that yeah. and it's all done for for, for real. You know, it, all practical. All that is just that. This is where Spielberg. I feel like this is where he's. You know. This is this is why he came back to do this. Yeah, chef. So yeah, definitely. There are definite moments where he's firing on all cylinders, and for me, those those two are uh, those moments. Just couldn't agree more in any in any way with those two. Um, my favorite bit is a strange one in this one because there was a bit in the trailer I really loved when he said, uh, "You're a teacher," and uh, Harrison Ford, Indy says. Uh, in the trailer, though, he says, part-time. And then when I went to see the movie, different delivery. <laughs> yeah, the line delivery's different, it is isn't like, it? It is, like, part-time? What? What? Question mark. Yeah, like, what? You're like, part-time. Like, well, I don't understand. Yeah, like, you know, you were so, that, yeah. so monstrously brilliant in the trailer. Why did they not use that cut? Part-time. It's a real like, hero shot, isn't it? It is, shot yeah. From his perspective, looking up. Part-time. To, to, like, why, yeah. why is this in question? Now I'm questioning whether you are a teacher. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Um, but so, right. Let, oof, big question this. Not one I ever thought I'd ask. James, Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. FYR, what were we saying? So, not just better than I remember, 
but a genuinely good movie. Oh! I, 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 honestly, I watched this last night and I was I, I went in sort of like prepared for the bits that I don't like and you know ready to sort of clang up on that, but I just had a smile on my face from ear to ear throughout the entire thing. And I sometimes sound like a broken record on this podcast, but I'm going to continue to be. If this has come out in the last five years, the exact same movie, everyone would be heralding it as like, oh, what? look at this move back towards practical filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Because even though at the time I thought it was like a CGI smorgasbord, compared to the shit you see now during blockbuster season, it's like a lot of this is practical. There's a lot of green screen and CGI critters and things like that that we've gone over. Um, but... But, you know, I was like, this is real filmmaking here. There's some real great action sequences in here. Harrison Ford is still the business as indie. Yes, it has flaws. I mean, you know, a lot of this, there's too many sidekicks and a lot of them as such are underserved, such as, you know, Karen Allen and there's too much Ray Winston. But then he does get thumped a lot. So that sort of, (laughs) you know, balances it out. Um you know, you just genuinely, I thought this was ultimately a fantastic piece of popcorn entertainment, which is all an Indiana Jones picture should be. And for me, I don't know if it's going to be controversial or not, prefer it to Temple of Doom, got to say. Fair dues, man. Fair, um, fair dues. I enjoyed it. I just thought it was brilliant. And I didn't really like it a lot the first time that I saw it. And it's a proper reconsideration of a film. Honestly, my heart is so full at this point. So much better than I remember it being. And so- I would watch it again. This is outstanding. Right. So, uh, right. But, whoa, we hang on. Whoa, we wait. Chris, what do you think? Uh, I think I think this is must be the fifth or sixth time I've seen this film. So saw it at the cinema, saw it when it was on, like, uh, Sky or whatever, uh, and then I, I bought the, uh, the, the the series on, on Blu-ray and watched it quite a few times, you know, with the sun and stuff, and then obviously watching this about ten minutes ago. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this is yeah this is prime for, for, for this discussion because at the time my initial reaction wasn't particularly positive. I knew that there was some really good stuff, some solid filmmaking in there, um, you know, any reservations I had that, that Harrison Ford couldn't pull this off, you know, at that age was completely just destroyed straight out, straight out you know. Um, I felt that there was some really interesting ideas in it. And uh, and that's the thing that uh, at times when, I, when I've been watching it has, has, on rewatch has been very frustrating because I think that there is a, that there's a kernel for a really great, interesting Indiana Jones story here. This doesn't quite take it as far as I would I would have done. It gets you know we we fall back into the usual kind of tropes of traipsing through jungles and things, and that's when it does for me just get a bit tired. Yes, some of the CGI, it's amazing the quality that the, the standard of the, the the CGI can be from uh, you know remarkable to just piss poor, <laughs> and <laughs> it's such a straight. It's like it's like was it was that. Was that to do with time? Was that to do with the release date? Was that was that farmed out to another studio to, to do that? Because the quality is really quite stark and yeah, uh, does throw you out at times. But I, you know, you know, it's great to see Karen Allen, you know, in anything, and that you, to have her back as that character was great. Again, not a great deal 
was you, you know didn't do a great deal with, with her. But yeah, I, th- this film is you know the more I watch it, the more I enjoy it, and um, I think it's sort of the, the stuff like you say, time has been really kind to this film. Uh, I think because we've you don't have the noise anymore, you don't have yeah. the fanboys complaining about this, this, and this, and so you can just actually watch it for what it is, which is like like what. James said it's just a really good, solid action adventure film featuring probably one of the greatest filmatic characters we've ever had. So, you know, that it has really changed for me in terms of that initial reaction, that bit of a gut punch to actually, you know, there's more to this than I, than I thought. I've got so many goosebumps, I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I I was always a defender of this film um, because I thought there was enough there that warranted uh, appreciation, I guess. I was amazed at the time with the amount of hatred for it, like absolutely mm. amazed by it. Because at the end of the day, I always thought that it was Indiana Jones. Uh, you know, like, and he's so loved. And I think that's another thing that needs looking at here is just... And I don't mention it. Indiana Jones, there is no, this is like the top tier of cinema characters yeah. that we or is unilaterally universally loved, and people are very very funny about it when it turns out in two thousand and eight when this came out. It's amazing that time thing that you both talked about. Like, because I don't think that if Dial of Destiny, if it comes out and is just meh, you know, we'll get nowhere near the hate that this got. No, it won't. No. Um, so I think, I think that time has given this huge favours, I think, and mellowed people towards it. And I, I, I think, like, in terms of reconsideration, I mean, it was hard, actually, to find negative reviews for this film. That's, that's you know, like... Yeah. Like present day reviews of the film. It was really hard to find that. I think that like time has been supremely kind to it. There's so much in here that is just so enjoyable, just so nice to settle in and, and wallow in. And a lot of it is that to do with Spielberg and Karen Allen and Harrison Ford. And seeing those people together doing what they do is just an absolute joy. Like I would watch them do anything, these people. Which we all do. <laughs> we all watch the next Harrison Ford movie, the next Steven Spielberg movie. But seeing them play these characters is just an absolute joy. Um, I would have loved, I uh, love that, like taking this idea of the alien bit. I think they could have squeezed it out a bit more. Yeah. I don't think any of this is a stretch for the world of Indiana Jones. More no, than that, I, I think it's all. totally logical. The, uh, and the idea of Indiana Jones in Area 51, that was one of the most exciting things I saw about the original trailer. Was yeah. like, it, you know, when the glasses get pulled off uh, in the trailer, the glasses get pulled off someone and they're stuck magnetized to a big thing and it's at Area 51. I was so excited about that. I just yeah. remember like, oh, it's Indiana yeah, Jones amazing, going to yeah. like one of the great myths, you know, like the great modern day myths. Um, so yeah, it's just great. And uh, oh, it's so much better than you think it is. Go and yeah. watch it. Just watch it. Um, don't. And also, if you if you don't like it, still that's fine too. It's also fine. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, fine. yeah. Absolutely like in fine. the context of, of what the, uh, the reviews for uh, Temple weren't particularly great, you know, yeah. after you know Raiders. So 
and that had tonal issues. Yeah. It had you know yeah. some of the special effects. It wasn't what the fans wanted. It had to open with a, mu- a musical number. <laughs> so I imagine that, imagine that the reactions by the fans when Temple came out wasn't that dissimilar. Yeah, there was no Twitter back. Oh well, there wasn't really Twitter in two thousand and eight. No. there was no internet back back then. No, I think I remember watching it on JoeBlow.com. Yeah, you know, like that was how I got my. So that sounds a lot ruder than it. Yeah. yeah, that's a real film website. Is a real I don't film know if website, it still yeah. exists. Or... <laughs> I think it does. I think it does. But anyway, it, it, yeah, this is so much better than the sum of the parts that you remember. Um, yeah. So please give it another chance. And I, it's made me really excited to see Dial of Destiny. Yes. I, I've purposely not watched Raiders or Last Crusade or even Temple of Doom. I've seen those films so many times. Mm. And the, the thing is, Dial of Destiny is not going to be as good as those two as Raiders and and Last Crusade in particular. But it could be better than this one. And that's could quite be. exciting because I think this is a really good film. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, 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 oh, I love it. I love it. It's so so I'm, 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 I'm hopeful. I'm, I was always going to go anyway. If it got no, no positive reviews whatsoever, I was still going to go and see it. Yeah. You know, it's got a bit of a kick in coming out of Cannes, but then when it goes when it gets reviewed more, when it actually goes on proper release, then it, it might tick up again. I imagine it'll be around the 77% on Rotten Tomatoes once all the critics have, have seen it and not just those who were at Cannes. Yeah. And yeah, I I'm, I look forward to it. And it's it, this was a really fun episode to do because it's nice to actually jump into something that's where we've got a lot of affection for the franchise and a movie within that franchise, which is direct predecessor to this sequel that's coming out that where we can sort of talk about you know an interesting element of it and rather than being the critical backlash it's more the fans and the movie going public backlash mm. so yeah i think this was a good episode to do and it's given me a real i'm glad that we've done it because i've got a real appreciation for this film now heart is so full again Goodness gracious. Tintin's good as well for people yeah, it's who... really good. <laughs> really good. <laughs> Which really is, good. It's so funny that he made Munich and then basically made two Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The action sequences in Tintin are unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's outstanding, guys. I just I love talking that with you guys tonight. That was just great. Um, yeah. Kept it nice and tight, though, haven't we? <laughs> two hours recording. <laughs> Simon is going to murder us. Peace and love, Si. I love you, brother. Um... <laughs> Just before we sign off, Chris, what, thanks for joining us. What is next for you? Oh, well, um, yeah, the tapes is on a little bit of a break at the moment. Um, I'm um, currently, and uh, this is just to make this even more niche, I'm currently just started a podcast on the uh, the history, the culture of uh, fell running. Uh, and on oh, that, nice. interviewing lots of big names, you know, from past and present, speaking to people with anecdotes and stories and history, I say the history and culture of it. So that's something that's that you're really personal to me. It is a bit niche. I don't expect anyone to be a subscriber to that any anytime well, well, soon. C- c- what's it called? Uh, it's working title is Stud Marks. Um, that's yeah. outstanding. Uh, sorry, yeah. Chris, like, I didn't realise when I asked you the question that it was going to be so... Incendiary, the answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. incredible. Oh, I just wish you all the absolute best. Thank you very much. Um, Chris is our resident fell runner. So, yeah, outstanding, dude. Um, very much looking forward to listening in. James, next time up, we get, we are going to go back to our usual programming. With We are, yeah. Yeah, with your pick, King of Comedy. 
Absolutely. So I believe still streaming on Disney Plus and Pluto TV last time I checked. So that sounds by all means. so made up. <laughs> it is kind of made up. It's like freebie, but on its own half, it's weird. Anyway, um, yeah, it's there. So do do check it out. And um, yeah, I look forward to discovering some, uh, to discussing some Scorsese and De Niro actors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't ever forget. Oh, well, uh, uh, both of you thank you so much love that tonight uh, thank you so much listeners please um, uh, well no thank you for listening initially um, you're all wonderful and thanks so much for um, tuning in and chatting to us on the social medias and all that kind of stuff your emails and all that kind of stuff are wicked um, please uh, if you ever fancy dropping us a positive review please do so wherever you listen to us and uh, yeah we will see you next time for King of Comedy be good to each other love each other be kind reappraise Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and uh, take it easy say goodbye boys bye 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 Oh, some monkeys just swung past my window. <laughs> <laughs> were they Telltale CGI? Or? Did you got a quip? Yeah. They were, cre- they, were cre- they were created by ChatGPT, so I'm not even sure they were monkeys. <laughs> Did you know that like, ch- uh, someone who's written a novel with ChatGPT got a, a, a book deal this week? Oh, for fuck's sake. Honestly, it's almost as bad as Michael Caine getting a book deal. Yeah. <laughs> and Judy Murray and Martin Kemp. How many more names do you want to get? Are they writing fiction? Apparently so. Publishing oh. industry. <laughs> <laughs>